This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Darkcast Network, where the light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Bienvenidos bitches and buiti binafi. Thank you so much for listening. Fruit Loops is a podcast about serial killers of color and the victims. Uh, however, we are on a little break. And in the meantime, we wanted to share a true crime goodie with you from one of our pod pals. What's this episode about today, Beth? Today's episode is from the podcast I Said Goddamn, a true crime podcast hosted by two besties, Stacy and Aaron, who try to one-up each other with the craziest true crime mystery stories that make the world say, Goddamn. Well, all right, here we go. Enjoy. Hey, look at us both in jeans. Dude, what's up with us today? I don't know. It's like we're functioning members of society. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, cramp. <laughs> I actually had to go somewhere because I got my booster shot. Oh, hell yeah. Look hell at you yeah. boosting it hell up. Hell yeah. Boosting that immune system. I got a fucking mixed-ass cocktail. Are you supposed to get the same one every time? No. Okay. In fact, they said you should get, you should switch it up. They said they did not know if that would help, but you should do it. <laughs> Damn! Oh, good. I'm glad I listened to they. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So well, you uh, want to give me your goddamn? Sure I will. There is a fucking mouse in my house. There is a no. mouse not in my house, in okay. my office, which oh. is arguably worse. Yeah. It's also your house yeah. during the day. Yeah. It's my, my day house. Mm-hmm. My, I have a fucking mouse in there, and I know on account of there was a little shit on my desk. No! On my desk. You can't trust anything now. On my desk. You have to wash your hands all of the time. I mean, I do that because of coronavirus. Yeah. But also, now I have to come in and fucking sanitize my entire keyboard that mm. literally no one else touches except for me and fucking this mouse. Well, mice run through shit and piss. That's all they do. Mm. They just pee and then they wiggle their ass through mm. it. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Gross. Super fucking gross. That sucks. Have and you seen it or you just saw the No, I just rice? saw the little shit and I was like, not today, motherfucker. So then I called Brandon and I was like, I got a fucking mouse. And he was like, okay. I'll be there in 10. Here's what we got to do. It's going to take at least three days. And I was like, stop right there. (laughs) He's like, we're going to need cameras. And I'm like, you need to not. (laughs) So 
his idea of catching a mouse is like, let's put a camera down and some food, and then we'll see how many mice we're dealing with. We'll tag them, you know, so we know. He observes <laughs> all of his prey. He, literally. Like, he is a serial killer. He is a, yeah, he is a serial killer. Yes. Like, I have killing. a camera up under my house right now mm-hmm. observing if we have any mice. He put out I know, dog food. I believe you. To be like, do we have any mice? Yeah, put it right in front of this lens. Yeah. Yeah, literally. I know. And no, we don't. So great job. <laughs> it's just like rolling through the footage. <laughs> right? Well, it alerts us if there's movement. But he's like, you got to observe it, see how many, and then you set up the appropriate amount of traps. And also you got to set up the traps, unfucking set so that they uh, get used to having the food oh and they get God, familiar with the really traps. gaining their trust. Literally. He was like, it's going to take at least three days. And I was like, can you just give me like three traps and I'll set them? Why don't you ask your boss? Like, hey, can you get an exterminator in here? There's rat shit um, on my keyboard. Well, because I was like, I, I'll be able to catch it and then just fucking unalive it real quick Mm-mm. with the mousetrap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wanted to handle it myself. Yeah. No, 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 no. You yeah, hire but, a motherfucker to get in but here. I can't do that. I, can't I want it to be a reality no. TV show exterminator. Thank you. <laughs> And live action. Yeah. 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 Well, um, anyway, so then I got the mousetraps and Brandon fucking hot glued some dog food onto him. And he's like, this will really get him. You know, then you don't have to like put peanut butter on (laughs) it or whatever. He's getting so excited. Oh, he was super excited. He's eating this shit up. And then it's um, how you guys bond. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he handed me them and I put them in a bag along with some rubber gloves because I was like, I don't want to touch that shit if I do catch anything. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at him and I said, does YouTube know how to set these? (laughs) Because that's. (laughs) Oh, God. That's how I'm gonna learn. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I've never. Is set it just up. a standard mousetrap? Yeah, but I've never set oh. one before. Like oh, okay. I've, I've always just watched people do it, and I've never done it myself. So I would watch a quick, like, little fucking brush up on it. Mm-hmm. Set that shit. Can't be that hard. I, people have been doing it for hundreds of years. You'll spend more time fucking typing in the YouTube than if you just let Brandon show you real quick. Well, and that was where he was like, I can show you. And he was yeah. kind of grumpy that morning. And I was oh. like, okay, fine. And then he showed me. And he tried to explain it in far more words than he needed oh, to as well. Like, like, fold this down, slip this in there. Yeah. Either way, caught a mouse. Did you? Yeah. Did you exterminate it? I extermin. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the trap did. Oh, I mean, like, did you... Did you throw the whole trap away or did you reset the trap? You don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Yeah. No. It's pretty gross. <laughs> Is that gross? Are you not supposed to reuse that? No, I think you are. It's just like, you know, if, it, if anything comes out, you know. Oh, yeah. On. I was going to put one on my desk and two behind my trash can to be like, he's probably fucking digging with the trash or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. mice live near trash. For and, sure. And then he's definitely been on my desk because there was a shit on my desk. So then I was going to put it on my desk. And then, like, right before I said it, I was like, what if it fucking breaks its neck and sprays blood everywhere? I don't oh, want that God. shit on my keyboard, so yeah. then I did not put it on my desk. Oh, smart, smart. Yeah. And then I set that shit up again, and I, I left them set up. Now I have three live mousetraps in my office. Ooh, I wonder <laughs> how many mice you have. No, I, I don't think I have any more. How big was it? It was just a little guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a big, strong woman. And then um, I, told, I told my boss, uh, I said, I caught a mouse in the office, and he said, what? How? And then I mimed fucking catching a mouse with my hands and then he got horrified <laughs> he was like you did it with your hands and i was like no i'm not fucking stupid <laughs> i used a trap and he was like oh i befriended him his name is tom yeah <laughs> i lured him in with my friendship Oops. what do you mean yeah how how did i catch it fucking cornered him first <laughs> well uh you want to hear my goddamn i want nothing more it happened today while I was working in the middle of the goddamn workday. Oh, no. Right before a fucking big meeting. Oh, no. I'm sitting there minding my own goddamn business. My desk is facing a wall. So, like, the whole universe is to my back, right? 
Like, Ooh. if you're going to murder me, yeah, yeah. I'll never see it coming. Yeah. Well, I hear a bunch of banging going around the house. And at first I'm like... Is this an earthquake? Like, is this an earthquake? <gasps> it's really loud. Do you know what it was? What? Go on. Okay, I'm like, is this a wor- earthquake? What is going on? And then Chelsea looked, too, when she started kind of, like, barking or, like, getting all riled up. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like a motherfucking, like, grown-ass adult running across my roof down the house. I got terrified because I was like, somebody's in the attic, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously. Even though you can't I don't know how they got in there, and I don't know how they're running. But. I, even though you can't stand up. And then I was like, it sounded, at first I was like, my brain was like, oh, there's like workers on the roof, because we had solar put on like semi recently, so I, that sound is like in my brain. And then I quickly was like, Jesus Christ, somebody's running across the roof. And so I ran out front, and I had my phone, and I called Lee at work, because I'm fucking terrified yeah. that I'm about to be murdered. I have PTSD, guys. I obviously overreact. But anyway, so I call Lee, and I'm like, hey, I know you're really busy at work. I'm just really scared. Like, I just heard a grown-ass fucking human run across the roof. And I was, like, looking at the roof, and he's like, what? I'm like, I don't see anybody. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm, like, still giving him play-by-play. Like, if I die, call 911. Yeah, yeah. If if I don't answer you. (laughs) Yeah, and so I'm trying to get in the backyard, and none of our fucking gates will open. I eventually get back there because I'm thinking, well, obviously they ran in the backyard. Yeah. Duh, they heard, they fucking heard me Run scramble out of the house and they jumped off the roof to fucking scale my fences. <laughs> Whatever. So I run in the backyard and I'm scared. Like, ah, you know, like fucking bursting in. Like, try to kill me, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> I'm crazy. And I'm on the phone with Lee. Like, I'm going to the backyard. And he's just like, okay, it's really busy at work. And I'm like, well, just don't hang up. Like, yeah, whatever you got to do, just don't hang up. Yeah. In case I fucking die. And so I go in the backyard. There's nothing. And then I, like, climb up on a ladder so I can see on top of the roof. And there is nothing. Like, there's nobody up there. And I'm like, I swear to fucking God, there was a human adult running across the roof. I heard it run down the house. And he was like, it was probably a cat. No, no, it was not a fucking cat. There was a human on my roof. Anyway, so I fucking realized that I'm now six minutes late for a meeting because all this happened right before my meeting. And I'm (laughs) terrified. And I'm like, okay, don't hang up. I'm going to go through all the rooms of the house, whatever. And I'm like kicking in the door like, fuck with me. Okay, we're just in the bathroom. Everything's fine. Like the kids' rooms were terrifying to go into because they have shit everywhere. And I'm like, this is the perfect place to hide. Anyone could hide in here. What is that, a coat? No, Yeah, like ripping open the curtains. Like, okay, we're okay. Anyway, so I check all the rooms. I'm like, okay, I got to go because I have to go to this meeting. But I'm fucking scared. And like I said, my dad desk is against a wall so like the whole world behind me somebody could be like and so i'm sitting there um i hang up with lee i'm on my call it's hard for me to focus and it's like a meeting that i have to actually participate in and while i'm in this meeting all of a sudden i hear a crash in the kitchen oh i forgot to mention that when i came back inside of the house i realized that the back door had been open the whole fucking time so even if they jumped off the roof they are now in my house 100 Mm -hmm. right yeah so anyway i hear something crash in the kitchen and chelsea hears it too like i am not fucking crazy i'm not making this shit up and i'm not over exaggerating like yeah there was a human running across my roof like something something happened. happened yeah and uh, anyway, so something crashed in the kitchen and I like jumped up, ran outside, ran out back this time. Because for whatever reason in my mind, I'm like, OK, just don't die in the house. Like die outside where everybody can hear <laughs> They'll me. They'll never be me. able to resell it if I die in this house. <laughs> oh, no, it's not even that. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I have a better chance. You know, like run away. Yeah. You can't open those fucking gates. You think you could scale that shit if a murderer no, was coming? No, no. But I could scream. 
You could scream inside your house. I have a people of a problem. You have a fucking hundred year old neighbor and then a neighbor that does not care. Yeah, I know I'm fucked. So <laughs> but for whatever reason in my mind, it's just like you know how people who are in earthquakes they're like, Oh, I wanna run outside so yeah. nothing can follow me and people are like, Oh my god, you're gonna fall in a crack in the earth and you're like, Oh, I'll fucking walk away from that and shit. Deal with that, that when that happens. Yeah. I don't know. It's like an irrational thing in my brain. Yeah. So run outside. The meeting is still going on, by the way. <laughs> you're I like fucking right. bailed. Yeah. And then it was the camera on? No, no, it wasn't. And I was on mute, thank God. But anyway, so I eventually, like, slink back in the house because I'm like, what the fuck was that? It was something in the kitchen. Yeah. And I just went back to my life. And so my house is haunted is what I'm going to tell you. Do you want to know what it was? What? You know? Yeah. Was this a thing? Was it an earthquake? Because I Googled and there was no earthquakes. It was not an earthquake. What was it? And I don't know what exactly it was, but I was at work and uh, we have, like, roll-up garage doors. Yeah. And it started to, like, kind of shake. And mm-hmm. sometimes if I, because I like, keep my door locked all the fucking time because I'm like, fuck that shit. I don't want to get murdered. Yeah. But if I'm in the warehouse area where the garage door is, if people knock at the office door, I can't hear it. So then they'll come around and they'll knock on the garage door. Yeah. So someone like kind of touched it or whatever. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's just the kids outside doing the fucking baseball thing or whatever. Yeah. And then they like kept doing it and it was like persistent now. And so then it like got harder and they're banging on the garage door. And uh-huh. so then I went outside, like I went like, to fucking see if someone was out there, you know, like, oh, I guess I didn't hear somebody. So I went out there and the neighbor came out at the exact same time because his garage door was doing the exact same thing. Oh, it was so not windy. you have ghosts also. The very first thing he said was, is it windy? And I said, no. Because <laughs> yeah. I was looking around like there's no fucking wind. Brandon was playing golf. Yeah. And he said that there was like four or five like giant booms. And huh. then he could like feel it in his chest. It was like sonic booms. And it was at the fucking same time. So that's what, what I was feeling. What time was that? Like three <gasps> to four. Yeah, 3 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, so that's what it was. It was a fucking sonic boom or whatever going over your house. I have no idea what it was, but someone posted about it, I think, on Reddit or something. Oh. On, like, the San Diego subreddit that was like, what the fuck was that? Don't know what it was. It was, like, the military Was it multiple booms? Something. Yeah, it was, like, four or something. So then that could have been, like, like a wave, were... you know? Yeah. Like, I swear to God, I was like, that shit, I heard it go down the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, my God, Guaranteed. my house isn't haunted. You're welcome. My kitchen might be haunted. Maybe. That might be different. Yeah. There's a cat in your kitchen or a bird. I'll get it later. Well, now I'm going to Google this when I can't fall asleep after this because we've had 1,800 mm-hmm. cups of coffee. You should. Yeah. Tell me if you learn what it is. Okay. I will. Okay. So, mm-hmm. now that we solved that fucking mystery, do you want to hear my case? Absolutely. All right. Okay. So, this week, I'm going to tell you about Deborah Lyles. All right, Debs. Deborah. Deborah. Yes. Now, Deborah, I don't have any details about her childhood, really. Mm-hmm. But in 1975, fresh out of high school, she married her high school sweetheart, Michael Lyles, who worked at a bank and ran a day laborer business in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. He is doing well for himself is what that means. Day laborer? Business. Yeah. He's like, y'all want some handymen? I, I got, got them. Well, I mean, like, what if he's like, y'all want some maids? That's a day laborer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a day laborer. I mean, everyone's a day laborer. Yeah, that's what I don't know what that I means. think a day laborer is more of, like, the guy outside of Home Depot. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I don't like... know why I said that, like, NZ Sansari. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's like, hey, I see you got a lot of concrete. You need some help fucking laying that shit? I can mix that shit. Mm-hmm. But he's I got like, a hoe. He's like the pimp yeah. to those day laborers. Okay. And he's okay. like, I got a guy. Perhaps. That's what I'm thinking. I did not dig into it, but you're, you're right. probably right. So now they're living in Jacksonville, Florida. So you can already tell it's going to be a fucked up story because of Florida. Mm-hmm. And we get to know all the details because Shout of out Florida. to Florida, man. What up, Florida, man? 
<laughs> so Deborah and Michael, they had five fucking kids, five Jesus. kids. And Deborah stayed home with the kids while Michael worked to provide financially for the family. Just mm-hmm. like your fucking standard U.S. home. American fucking. dream, baby. Yep, exactly. Thank you. I said the standard similar U.S. home. <laughs> I get to kids. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I have no brain cells left. The Lyles were a church-going family and often spoke about the scripture around the dinner table. And both Deborah and Michael were working to instill these, like, beliefs in their children about fucking be charitable and be kind to other people. Like, they were the cookie-cutter, perfect little happy family. Go to church. We love God. We love people. We do things for others. Like, they were genuinely really good people, from okay. what I could tell on the articles I read. Yeah. Again, I don't know them. <laughs> Okay. Disclaimer. <laughs> Eventually, mm-hmm. Deborah became the choir director at the Southern Baptist Church. Oh, okay. That the family attended. Around the mid-80s, the couple bought a fancy house in Jacksonville, Florida. And the neighbors called it the castle. Ooh, it was a big house? Because of its architecture. I guess, I mean, yes, it was a big house, but it did not look like a castle to me. It looks more of like a hacienda (laughs) like it's got like the spanish (laughs) tiles it has archways but like it doesn't look like you know like i think of like a gray castle brick Uh uh-huh with the like Like stone yeah yeah, there's a round tower yeah we have one of those in my neighborhood you do yeah we call it the castle son of a bitch yeah maybe it did look more like a castle i literally only saw like one screenshot of like this is the house you know Mm -hmm. but it didn't look like a castle to me but maybe it compared to the rest of the neighborhood it was like the biggest fucking house i don't really know everybody's castle looks different it was a nice house all right from the outside Ooh, what's happening inside but on the inside turmoil no Ooh. no it was it was fine on the inside <laughs> it was also pretty nice inside <laughs> it had spanish tiles cool. there was like fucking pianos and shit and she played piano and Ooh. she'd be like pianos well one plural oh okay. one okay that i know of and okay. she'd be like here's a little ditty by jesus <laughs> he wrote this one right before he died <laughs> <laughs> or after. I don't know. Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Like I said, they were living in the castle. And as the kids grew up and got older, Deborah got a job as the music teacher in one of the public schools where her students just fucking adored her. Like, she was a really good teacher. She loved music. She instilled that in the other, like, in all the children. She, she made would, it fun. She made it fun. She would spend her own money to get instruments for the kids or, like, she'd go to yard sales, again, spending her own money to get props for their shows, things like that. Like, she really, truly cared. And, like, other kids would see her in the neighborhood and be like, that's Mrs. Lyles. Like, it's so excited Aww. to see her. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome woman. This neighborhood that Lyles lived in, the Lyles, not just one, the whole family, <laughs> it was a predominantly black neighborhood and the Lyles were white. I guess the city was a bunch of assholes. I, literally, that's what I wrote. <laughs> okay, so I guess the city was like a bunch of assholes or something, and they prevented black businesses from winning any of the city contracts. That's fucked up. And, oh, fucking right. And they didn't invest in any of the local schools or businesses. So slowly, this neighborhood became really ran down and Aww. kind of ridden with crime. Yeah. But the Lyles didn't want to move for two reasons. One. They have a castle. Three reasons. One, they have a castle. <laughs> Two, they raised their family in the castle. Like, this was, like, a sentimental value to them. Yeah. And three, they didn't want to feed into this, like, racial thing of, like, oh, this is a black neighborhood, whatever. Like, they were Make your city better or your town better. Yeah, like, this is my neighborhood. This is my community. I care about it. Yeah. I'm not going to leave just because fucking the city doesn't and they're giving up on it. So that's that little bit. One day in 1993, while Deborah was home alone, someone by the name of Curtis Head came knocking on her door looking for some work. 
Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, hey, my husband, he's a fucking day laborer, and when he gets home, I'm sure he'll pay you to do some yard work around here. Well, Curtis was like, nope, fuck that shit, and he rushed in. Uh-oh. Yeah, and punched her, punched Deborah, Rude. and started choking her. <gasps> she immediately gave him $50 in cash, her wedding ring, her car keys, literally was like, you can have anything you need, just, like, leave me alone. Keep yeah. me, like, don't hurt me anymore. Yeah. I fucking take it all. It's not worth my life. So Curtis then took her purse strap and a vacuum cord and tied her up and fled the scene okay somehow the police get called and when they arrive deborah was obviously bound and covered in blood and she was like roughed up pretty bad but still alive wow yeah curtis ended up getting life in prison for this assault which by the way was just one of many crimes that he had committed okay i was like that's pretty heavy for an assault but well i think it's like he cut he had a rap sheet you know and then this was like the last fucking straw yeah okay you almost fucking killed a woman yeah you're going to prison for life like three strikes you're out yeah yeah But he was paroled after five months because the prison was overcrowded. Wow. Okay, you're going to let out the violent ones first. I'd be fucking terrified. That's a way to do it. If I were Deborah, I'd be like, "Uh, okay, let's lock this shit up. Let's fucking pack up and move out. Yeah, but he's probably not going to come back to get you. You don't know. I don't know, but. You don't know because maybe he's mad because he's like, oh, that lady put me in fucking prison. Yeah, so then what? You're going to finish the job so that I can go right back? I don't know. I don't know. That'd be silly. But I'd still be afraid. Yeah, I would too. Yep. But mostly just because of PTSD and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that's pretty traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of what happens to the dude. I feel like I would have been afraid either way. <laughs> Valid fucking point. So now the family continued to live in the castle and they continued to experience random burglaries here and there. Like oh, CDs sucks. would get stolen from their car. And oddly, a gazebo got stolen from their backyard. A whole-ass gazebo? whole-ass gazebo. Did they take it Take it down? This is fine. I don't know. Did you watch it get stolen? And I don't you're know. Like, just like on the fucking last nail. one piece at a time. <laughs> yeah. Like the gazebo's looking a little... Well, Sparse. Different. Yeah. <laughs> gazebo's not really blocking the sun anymore. Hey, hon, did this used to have a roof? <laughs> Was this more than just a deck in the shape of a circle in the middle of our take? yard? How long did it take? I don't know. You the just... gazebo foundation is left. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could just steal those. I mean, maybe a really small one? I feel like you Is that a different, to, like, like a palapa? Is, it, is that a different word? <laughs> Are we just using the wrong word? Like a a cabana? (laughs) Was it just an umbrella? (laughs) It wasn't even like an outside umbrella. (laughs) Whoa, was that a gazebo? (laughs) Look at this rich bitch over here. They're fucking gazebo. It's an umbrella. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, I don't fucking know, but evidently a whole ass gazebo got stolen from their backyard. Okay. I imagine it had to be piece by piece. They must not have been home for like a couple days. Maybe they went on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> they came back like, we used to have a gazebo, right? <laughs> hey, hon, I was coming outside to have my morning coffee and I noticed something important is missing. <laughs> Out at the gazebo. It's and just it a chair. <laughs> the bench is now under nothing. Oh, God. Oh, man. So, anyway, they keep living in the house even though it's getting burglarized and everything. But yeah. they're still, like, emotionally tied to the house. They don't want to leave the na- neighborhood, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then on March 23rd, 2017, now at this point, all the kids are grown up. They've moved out, whatever. Deborah and Michael are living in their empty nest castle, yeah. whatever. Living Big their empty best castle. Mm-hmm. So, it's March 23rd, 2017. Deborah was home alone again. And at this point, she's 62 years old, I believe. Okay. 24-year-old Adam Lawson Jr., who had just finished serving a six-year prison stint for burglary, was walking around the neighborhood just looking for a prime opportunity to do some more burglaring. 
So he was like, I haven't done this shit in six years. I got to scratch get to it. itch. Got to itch to scratch. I got some shit to do. I'm busy. <laughs> I need to be busy. You I, know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get busy. Yeah. Let's steal some shit. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like if I just spent six years in prison, I'd be like, you know what I want to do? Not go back. But Tone it the fuck down. I think that's the difference between me and someone in prison. Yeah, probably. <laughs> also, I think that, like, people in prison, a lot of times it might be, like, their way of life. Like, how they survive. Like, I have to steal shit to get money because I can't get a fucking job because I just spent six years in prison for stealing shit. Yeah, I feel that. Not that it's right, but I think that's, like, the cycle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so. I'm not a rocket surgeon. But I do know that Adam was like, I have an idea. I'm going to steal some shit. You know what worked before until I got caught? Stealing, stealing shit. shit. So yeah. he was like, I'm going to go fucking find some shit to steal. Now, a little bit about Adam's background. He didn't grow up in the nicest of households. His mom was addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. and he grew up in a house where she left them laying around often. Drugs? Drugs. Okay. And uh, <laughs> like the kids? <laughs> what did she leave laying around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put it in a descriptive. <laughs> no, but seriously, she also did that because Adam had stumbled upon her drugs and consumed them as a child oh, and was no. even, I think I read, he was like found wandering on the highway or some shit at the age of four. And oh, people God. were like, uh, where is your adult? Yeah. Like, where is your keeper? What yeah. is going on here? That's scary. So obviously he fucking had a rough childhood. As a teenager, he continued to do drugs and get into a lot of trouble and even was hospitalized for a drug overdose. Oh, God. So he was never really given a a fighting chance in life. Like, his upbringing was total fucking shit. Yeah. And now he just spent six years in prison for stealing shit, and he's looking to burglar to do some burglin. Hmm. Okay. Fuck, man, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So like I said, he had just gotten out of prison, and he actually was able to find a home in a close-by trailer park that was about a mile away from Deborah's castle house. Okay. So he was living really close by, staking the place out. And he was like, is that a fucking castle? Scoping the joint out. Mm-hmm. Saw the castle. He's like, I'm going to burgle that bitch. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> I'm going to burgle that bitch. It's like somebody about to eat a burger or something. <laughs> I'm going to eat that fucker. I'm going to burgle that bitch. Let's get it. Exactly. So he's scoping the joint out. He sees that the castle's back door is unlocked. Ooh. And but so- ma'am, you've already been assaulted and burgled once. <laughs> you should be able to be in your fucking house and not have your back door locked, though. Says the chick with the fucking person running across your roof slash someone in your kitchen. With my door wide the fuck open. Yeah. 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 You, you should be you able to. You close that shit? You should be you able to. You closed it after though, didn't you? No, I was terrified. If I close it, then I can't get out of the house really quick. If the person is in the house. Lock your fucking doors. Yeah, but you should be I don't able, care where you, you live. Be, Lock your you fucking doors. You should be allowed doors. to live your life without locking your doors. Every time I get home, the doors are locked and I have to call Brandon. Like, at late at night from here, uh-huh. I get home and the doors are fucking locked up tight. And Brandon's like, I forgot you were gone. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I think that's pretty standard where we live. But, like, also, people who live in Colorado and shit, they never lock their doors. Lock your fucking doors. I had to yell at my mom recently because my parents never locked their doors. I grew up in a house yeah. where the doors were just never fucking locked. Lock your so fucking doors. I did not have a house key growing up. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, I have to have a house key so I can get in because now I have curfew. And I just fucking open the door. We had house keys. My grandma told me, I said, do you want me to lock up? And she said, if you lock the door, I won't be able to get back in. We never lock them. And I was like, ma'am. Yep. Ma'am. Some people just live their life that way. So maybe that's how she lived her life. But also she was home. She shouldn't have to lock her fucking door. But anyway. But also she's been assaulted. She should have the PTSD that's like, you know what? Safety first. The assault happened like 20 years prior at this point. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I'd still have that shit. I'm not trying to victim blame because obviously I know she's about to be a victim. But like 
Bro, lock your doors. Lock also, your doors. also, fucking it's, PSA, lock your doors. Also, it's speculated that he came in through the back door, I should say. On account of it was unlocked. He probably came through the back door. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to go into this castle and take some shit. And mm-hmm. he didn't think anybody was home. Mm. He gets inside. He doesn't realize that Deborah's home. And then all of a sudden he spots her and he's like, fuck, and he hides. Ooh. But Ooh. Deborah was like, what the fuck goes on here? I see somebody is in my house. I'm going to grab a golf club and go after him. Holy shit. Yeah. Deborah's like, not fucking around. She said, fuck this shit, bitch. Call the cops. Yeah. I'm going to swing a golf club at you and your motherfucking previous <laughs> felonies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly like doors. I imagine that's what she yelled. Uh So uh, she swings at him and he said, not today. And he grabbed the golf club from her and ripped it out of her hands. Well, yeah. Biggest fear. That's what I fear with my little fucking mean bitch knife. Mm -hmm. Everything I read was like, you probably shouldn't carry a knife because somebody's just going to take it from you. And then you're going to get stabbed with your own knife. And I'm like, well, new fear unlocked. Mm -hmm. Still carried it with me because I was like, ha ha, try to get this. Whoops. You know, also gone. Just dropped uh, it. <laughs> I went to buy. I went to buy pepper spray, and the guy was like, "You should get a taser." And I was like, "The thing about that is, I don't want to get tased." Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, "Then you should buy a gun." And I was like, "Same problem, just bigger." <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll just go with pepper spray. Yeah. If I get pepper sprayed, it'll suck, but like I'll be all right. Yeah, like I don't want to get going to be permanent damage. Yeah, I don't want to get stabbed or tased Other than or fucking shot. Possibly trauma, like PTSD. Yeah, but that's coming anyway. Yeah. If you're going to use it. I got it, it for anything that happens in my life. Braden breaks too hard. And I'm like, well, here goes another one. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Anyway, yeah. on that wild tangent. Yeah. So he grabs the golf club from Deborah. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. Jerks it out of her hand. Don't and like starts that. to chase her down the hall. Because, mind you, she came at him while he was, you know, in the back of the house area, like towards the back door. Yeah. So now he's chasing her through the house, down the hall, into the kitchen. Why wouldn't he just run out the back door? Like, take your golf club and go. Yeah, or You've like... protected yourself, now get the fuck out. Yeah, or just like... Exactly. Like, fucking zoomy-doomy. Let mm-hmm. me get out of here. Zippity-doo-dah. I'm out of yeah. here. Later. Peace be with you. Zoinks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he chases her through the house, into the kitchen, and beats her with the golf club. Until her skull was crushed in and her jaw was shattered. Jesus. He then ran through the house, this motherfucker, stole the TVs, the laptops, a a record player... Or a record player. Some food. Did he have a truck? Did he take multiple trips? How he the took fuck? her Buick. He took her Buick. He fucking loaded that shit up. He stole food from the house. He was like, I'm going to take this too. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? While she was dead in the kitchen. It blows my fucking mind. That's really fucked up. And this happened earlier in the morning. So around 1 p.m., Michael, he's at work. And he was, like, trying to call her around lunchtime, and she wasn't picking up the phone, and he was a little concerned about her. So he drives home. Mind you, he left probably, like, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning for work. Yeah. So this happened between 7 and 1. Ugh. He comes home from work to check on Deborah, and when he pulls up, he notices that her Buick's gone. And he's like, that's kind of weird. And the garage door was open, and he's like, that's super weird. And so he walks through the garage, and they had, like, a freezer in the garage, and there was just, like, frozen food all over the ground, and the freezer was left open. Because home dude had, like, literally ransacked the freezer. Did you live in a fucking barn? (laughs) Can you close it? Bruh. That is electricity. Adding insult to injury. Money does not grow on trees around here, motherfucker. Yeah. What, are you trying to cool down the neighborhood? (laughs) Okay, Dad. Yeah, close the fucking door. Exactly. So Michael walks in. He sees all this shit, and he's like, what the fuck is going on? And so he walks inside, and he walks into the kitchen, 
And the first thing he notices is his golf club laying on the ground. Like, it all kind of happened really fast, right? He's he sees like, that his, is out of place. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And then he sees that there's blood everywhere, and then he sees Deborah's body. And he's like, Jesus. holy shit. Exactly. That sucks. Uh, one of Deborah's daughters later had seen the crime scene photos Aww. and described her mom as, quote, laying on her white-tiled kitchen floor in a massive pool of her own blood, her ear severed, her brains exposed, her, her eyes black and blue, her oh, skin bruised, and her fists clenched. Isn't that so sad? 3AM, the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing 411, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship, and so many monsters, it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. I hate that. He went, like, crazy. Like, he didn't just, like, whack her and run away. Ugh. Like, disable her and run away. He, like, murdered her. on Like, he went full fucking ham sandwich. And he didn't even know her. That's insane. It's insane. And terrifying. Right? So Michael calls 911, and there's actually transcripts of the 911 call, and it's just so sad. He's just like, oh, my God. Like, she's for sure dead. She's not breathing. And they're like, don't touch anything. And he's just like, this is my wife. Like, what the fuck? They had been married for 42 years. Like, they were high school sweethearts. They knew each other since they were kids. He was even saying, like, she can't be dead. Like, I can't live my life without her. So sad. Baby. I know. So sad. The police arrive, and... All of the children were called, like, immediately. I think the dad called them. And they showed up. They made it back to their childhood home to watch their mom be brought out in a body bag. Oh, fuck, Yeah, man. but they obviously weren't allowed in because it was, like, all taped off. Yeah. Right? But I, it just, like, blows my mind to know that little fact. And this is probably some of my own fucking trauma happening. But, like, to think that that just happened. You know, like, to be at the house and watch her being carried away and she was alive 
you know, six hours ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just crazy. And then you're, like, looking around because you know the neighbors are outside and you're like, was it fucking you? Well, yeah. And, like, six hours ago, your life was totally different. Yeah. Just six hours ago. I don't know why this shit fucking blows my mind. Also, I like space and quantum physics, so maybe that's why it, like, blows my mind. Yeah. In an alternate universe, she's still fucking visible. It's just weird. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like, the matter... Literally, like, in a second, your whole world can change. Everybody always says that, but here's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, shit, man. That's... Hate it. Okay, so the kids were obviously horrified, and they threw everything they had into finding their mother's killer. Good. Yes. They started asking around for access to security footage to see if they could spot the Buick in any video surveillance. Now, I probably say this somewhere, but the the Buick was found two days after her murder and it was like ditched somewhere on a street. So yeah. that's how they knew where to start. Like, OK, let's look at local businesses. And they literally found enough footage w- along with the police. Like they helped the police do this. Yeah. They found enough footage to piece together like, where this Buick had gone, and it was shown going into the trailer park, Mm. like, a fucking mile away, where Adam lived. Mm -hmm. Now, the police were like, a motherfucking clue, right? Mm -hmm. We know that Adam lives there. We know that Adam has a fucking history of burglar and shit. Mm -hmm. And I think they also had a female witness saying that, like, oh, I had talked to adam and he had mentioned things something like that like i just got three new used tvs yeah yeah i have some questions yeah Yeah. so anyway the police had enough information to go arrest him and get a warrant to like check out his house right Mm -hmm. or his trailer don't yell at me it's i mean it's his home you're yelling at me i would not anyway so a house uh, is a home home is where the heart is a home so in his trailer they find shoes with blood on them and a handgun, and this was enough to arrest him, right? Because he's a felon. I said he was arrested before, but the handgun is like, oh, you're a fucking felon. You're not allowed to have guns. Yeah, come can't with do me. that. I'm going to need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So now he's arrested, and we're having hearings about the trial and everything, right? Like, mm, you're pretty fucking guilty. I don't know also how they tied him to all the stolen shit. I think it was like pawn shops, other things like that. Somehow the police find out like, okay, he definitely stole all this shit. Yeah. They have testimony enough to go to court and fucking try him for this murder, right? Okay. But before that, they're having all these hearings, you know, the evidence and all the shit. And they were questioning Adam's mental capacity to stand trial. Mm-hmm. So now the whole time that he's going to these court hearings, all of the family is coming too. Like they are not missing a fucking single thing. These family members live out of the town or the city limits or whatever. So they're having to leave their family for days at a time to come to these hearings, yeah. to go to these court dates or whatever. And Adam is acting like he can't speak. He's, like, shutting down. He's acting very childlike. So they're like, oh, is he mentally competent to stand trial? We don't know. So they're being drugged through all of these extra fucking, you know. Hearings and shit. Yeah, hearings, like, traumatic fucking experiences, only to find out that the police were able to listen in on his jail phone calls to his friends where he was speaking totally coherently, perfect, like it's cotton. only attorney-client privilege or whatever if you're talking to your attorney. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the only time they won't listen. Yeah. Heads up. 
And so they were like, hey, by the way, we now know that you're mentally competent to stand yeah. trial. So the family's fucking pissed because they're like, what the hell, man? Like, yeah, you why are you jerking us along, asshole? Did a bunch of shit. Yeah. Fucking dick. Also, I should mention that as they're going into the courtroom for the first time, Michael was fucking pissed, right? Because he's about to go face the person who killed his wife, who yeah. was like his everything. Like he was like punching parking meters. And this is like a church going dude, right? First of all, ow. Yeah, ow. I know. I know. Dumb. Listen, when they told me that my dad was going to die, I was punching shit in the bathroom. And I'm not even a puncher. Like it's just like a way to get your rage out, I guess, if you're psycho. Yeah. I've never been a hitter. <laughs> not that Michael's psycho. I am. Like on a punching bag or something, maybe. But like if it's something that's hard, I'm like, yeah, I've never been a hitter either. But I guess there's fucking traumatic experiences, right? Yeah. So he's really pissed. And when he goes into the courtroom, he sees Adam, who's like a short dude. And he's like, this fucking little ass twerp, this shrimp biscuit is the reason that I don't have a fucking wife. Like he was pissed. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I feel like anyone would be. Yeah. yeah. Like they're expecting this like big scary man as yeah. fucking twerp. And they're like, what the hell? Fucker. And then this asshole drags it on right through all these hearings and all this stuff only to find out that he is actually mentally competent. Yeah. Dick. Adding insult to injury. Dick move right yeah so through all of these hearings like i said they're gathering evidence everything like how are they going to like what are they going to go after right like what are they going to try to get for him like what are they going to try to sentence him with and on the table was the death penalty but they had to determine that the crime warranted the death penalty right he fucking beat a woman to death right this is a whole other basket of worms because in order for the death penalty to be pursued the murder has to be deemed especially heinous atrocious or cruel which as a family member is a fucking rough thought right like to hear about your mom's death as being like especially heinous when you're like trying to imagine that she probably went swiftly like okay Yes, it looks bad, but hopefully she was dead beforehand. And now prosecutors are trying to prove the opposite, right? Like, actually, it was fucking torturous and awful so that they can get the death penalty. Yeah. And I feel like that's one that I would want to skip. Oh, my God. This family got fucking traumatized over and over again. So through the autopsy of Deborah, they discovered that she had burst blood vessels in her eyes, suggesting that not only has she been beaten, but she had also been strangled to death. Fuck. And the family actually learned this detail in court. So, like, it's not like anybody softly came up to them and was like, hey, by the way, like, we learned this detail. I know it's really rough to hear. Did they do that for the shock value? Like, well, did the prosecutors think, kind of fuck them up on purpose so that it'd be like, and this. And then the family's like, oh, my God. And then I the think, jury or whatever is like, whoa, that is really bad. Look how affected the family is. No, because this is just like hearings and stuff. There's not like a jury or anything around. Yeah. And I think it was actually mentioned in court, but like in passing, like, hey, by the way, like between breaks, like, hey, by the way. And it was told in like an exciting manner. Like, by the way, we found out that she was strangled so we can go after the death penalty. And like the family's just like fucking crumbling to the ground. Like, Jesus Christ, she was also strangled. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. that's not an exciting thing at all to learn. Like, that fucking Ugh. sucks. But, like, the prosecutor's like, you know, a win for us. That's a great win. Like, really not sensitive to what is happening. Oh, my God. Read yeah. the room. <laughs> right? My God. So fucking sad. 
So they learn this horrifying detail, right? This strangling puts the killing in the category of especially heinous, atrocious, and cruel, and that means that the family can go after the death penalty. It was also discovered that while on probation, Adam had gotten a job as a political canvasser, and he was using his new job as a way to stake out homes. Mm. So we go knock on doors and be like, I'm going to fucking take that one. So it's possible that he had knocked on the door and actually met Deborah before going, like, casing out the joint and then going and fucking breaking in and thinking she was gone. Yeah. That's terrifying. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about when I was little, how many fucking times that happened. And I probably was like, well, I don't know. My dad's not home. Like a fucking idiot, mm-hmm. you know? Thank mm-hmm. God I didn't get murdered. But they might have been tracking. Like, mm, her dad's not home right now. Since I was a kid, my parents were always sleeping. Smart. Nobody taught me that. I was just like, who wants to know anything about my life? Yeah. My name is Stacy. Do you want to be my friend? I think my mom probably taught me that. Smart. Like, don't fucking trust anybody. Yeah, it's real smart. Yeah. All right. Now, as the hearings drag on, the family starts to wonder about questions that the prosecutors don't necessarily need answered in order to convict him. Like, what did you do with the stuff that you stole from my house? Like, did Deborah know that she was dying? How were you able to move, like, heavy TVs by yourself? Like, what the fuck is going on? Stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, tell me everything. Like, we know you murdered her, but, like, I want to know the fucking details. I have a lot of questions. And the prosecutors are like, we don't give a shit about that. We know he murdered her. Let's carry on, right? Oh. But the family wants some sort of closure. Yeah. The family at first was all for the death penalty. Well, most of them. There was a child that was like, no... Whatever, I don't think that, because there's five of them, so people have different fucking opinions, right? Yeah. But anyway, they're like, for the most part, going after the death penalty. And then they started to toy around with this idea of restorative justice, where basically the needs of the victims are met. So in this case, Adam would have to answer all of their questions regarding the murder and any questions they had surrounding that incident, right? And in return, they would not seek the death penalty. So it's a time to sit down with the murderer or the fucking person who committed the crime and get all of the answers that the victims seek so that they can have like more of an emotional closure than like fucking yeah like a great justice mm-hmm. but I, uh, that's hard because you don't know if they're gonna lie to you or not exactly so the family decides to move forward with this restorative justice which is basically a plea bargain like you plead guilty we won't go after the death penalty and you give us all the information we want So they go forward with this, and Adam eventually agrees to sit down with the family and tell all in exchange for just life in prison. The family signs off on the deal. They went to court, and he was sentenced to two life sentences, plus 20 years for first-degree murder, armed burglary, auto theft, and possession of a firearm by a felon. Mm -hmm. The family gave their victim impact statements and played some home videos, and the whole time Adam had, like, his ears plugged and he was rocking back and forth and shit. Like, he didn't watch the video like a fucking little prick. I feel like you have to. Like, I feel like that should be, like, forced. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we'll just fucking wait right here until you stop that. Yeah. Yeah. And play. Fucking, like, torture him with it? Yeah. Fucking clockwork orange his eyes open. Yeah, like, clamp those fuckers open. So the day comes where the family's going to meet Adam, and they're going to get their answers. And they show up, they're put in this little office, and they wait for Adam. Adam's in a room close by. He's all shackled up from prison, and they're prepping each other to, like, go talk. Mm -hmm. Right? The family starts to notice that it's kind of taking a while, and they're like, okay, like, what the fuck is going on, but whatever. And then in walks the prosecutor, but no Adam. And the family, like, is like, what is happening here? Where the fuck's Adam? I have some questions, right? Yeah, the whole deal. Turns out Adam refused to meet the family. Now, the way the article makes it sound, the reason he refused to is because he was ashamed 
Like, yeah, you should be. Yeah, I know. I guess. Like, one of the kids had written him a letter saying that he had forgiven him. Like, hey, I'm not mad. I get it. Like, you had a fucking rough life. You were never given a chance. I just want some closure, but we're not mad at you. And so the way it sounds is like this like hurt or scared Adam more like he was expecting them to be like angry at him yeah people can deal with anger not disappointment yeah not disappointment or compassion or whatever and so he just could not go through with it and they kept trying to talk him into it like no you kind of have to and he was like I can't do it I just can't do it kind of have to otherwise we have to execute you yeah no no I don't fucking get this but like he just didn't hold up his end of the bargain just didn't hold that shit up and he was already sentenced to just the life sentences That's it? So the family didn't get their fucking answers. They didn't get their answers. That feels really, really wrong. It feels really, really wrong. And plus it's fucking Florida, so it is really, really wrong. So the prosecutor explained him, like, his behavior, what Adam was doing, was basically, like, childlike, and he went nonverbal, and he refused to participate. Sucks to suck, motherfucker. Right. But he just stopped talking. Yeah, you can't just do that, though. Fucking right. I could stop talking. So the That doesn't mean that you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's already got life in prison. I don't know. Like, Did once he stop you send- talking forever? Like, does he still not talk? Because then, no, fine, sure maybe talks. he's living a fucking monk life. <laughs> he's taking a vow of silence. Yeah, great. No, he's a dick. He's a dick. So he's just fucking an asshole playing asshole games. That's, That's what I so think. so fucked up. That's what I think because, you know, the article's like, oh, my God, he was, like, you know, fucking ridden with guilt and he just couldn't face the family. But I'm like, bro, I don't believe a fucking scent of your bullshit. Do it on Zoom then. Do it on Zoom. No, I think he's just fucking, he worked him. Like, it's so yeah. irritating. He was trying to work. He drug on the trial with all those hearings to see if he was mentally fucking competent. That's Making the up. family go through all of this shit. Do you know how much shit I don't want to do every day and I still have to do? It's called being a fucking adult, It's right? called facing the consequences. Yeah. Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences to my actions. Yeah. Here oh, they fucking are. Son of a bitch. What the hell? Yeah. You can just not do that? Like, ah, fuck it. Never mind. I'm not going to do that. I guess you can in Florida. Wow. Yeah. So the family is obviously fucking pissed because yeah. now their options are to seek the death penalty, which would take months, maybe even years a fucking court. I do it. I'm petty as fuck. Yeah, and but by like petty, I mean like super aggressively death penalty petty. Yeah, I know, but like then that's like that's hard on them. They're reliving this trauma. They're having to spend time away from their families and shit. Yeah, but have you ever had someone like cut you off in traffic? <laughs> I have, and then I like smile, and then they hunt me down. I'm just like a different person. I hold grudges. Yeah, I guess I do for like a hot minute, and then I'm like, you know what? It's too much work. I'm like too much energy. But then what if you go through all of that and then they don't get the death penalty? That would suck. Yeah, that would fucking suck. It's a big question to ask. Like, do I want to go through all of that again? Like, do I want to deal with this? Yeah. And also, if he had, like, gone, if they tried to seek the death penalty, like, he could be acquitted? Like, what if he got acquitted? That would fucking suck even worse, right? He can't be acquitted. He could. It could be potential. I guess it's like a fucking option. Anytime you go to trial, you could be acquitted. You don't know. You don't know. Mm. So it's a risk, right? I would write him a letter every goddamn week. <laughs> Dear diary, <laughs> why'd you kill my mom? <laughs> you suck a lot of ass. Or they had the option of waiting a few years and like trying again, like seeing if he'll fucking answer their questions later. And I'm pretty sure that's what they went with. There was nothing ever that like tied this up into a pretty bow of like what the fucking plan is for the family. But obviously they're fucking pissed because he didn't hold up 
his end of the bargain and he's just got away with it. And yeah. so the family's like, what the fuck does that even mean? What are you talking about? Like, you can just not do the thing that we all agreed that you would do. Yeah. And in retrospect, I guess the prosecutor's like, well, that could have been handled a little differently. Like, we could have prepped the family for this possibility before the option was even, you know, before yeah. you sign off on the option. Like, this could fucking happen. And also prep Adam to give his answers, right? Yeah. Like, they just threw him into it and... Obviously, he's not the fucking smartest goddamn person in the world because he murdered somebody. So, yeah. like, to, like, coach them through. I guess in these cases, whenever restorative justice is done, which is pretty rare. But in those cases, they're usually there's, like, a lot of prepping that goes forward to even tell the, like, murderer, like, how you should sit, how you should act, where you should look. Like, it's like fucking a show almost. Like, yeah. answer the questions, but here's what your body needs to be doing so you don't traumatize each other. And same with the victims, right? Like, you can't launch at them. Like, you got to be prepared for these kind of questions or these kind of answers. Like, if he says this, you're going to be pissed, but you can't do something. Like, yeah, I it's get that. just like fucking basic safety measures. Yeah. But none of that happened here. So the prosecution or their lawyers or whoever failed the family. Yes. Oh, yes. This family was fucked royally. Like, real bad. That sucks. It's just so crazy to me that, like, you can just be like, hmm. Like, can you just be like, hey, uh, remember that fucking, since you're not holding up your end of the deal, I fucking take that shit back. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Can we, uh, like, can oh. we double stamp see no erasey? Yeah. Is that how we're going to handle this? You triple Fine. stamp, double stamp? I don't fucking know. Triple double <laughs> that bitch. What are the rules? Yeah. What are the rules? Yeah. I, or get your payment up front, man. Yeah. Half here, half later. Yeah. Anyway, so I could be totally wrong and they could have, like, redone all that. But from what I gather is, like, he's just spending fucking life in prison. Mm, that's fucked up. And I think the family might later try to ask him again. I don't really fucking know. So in the meantime, Michael obviously is very traumatized by this. And he's still living in the house that his wife was murdered in. That sucks. I know. And his family kept trying to get him to move out. Like, dude, come on. This place is fucking, one, dangerous. And two, too big. Trauma-inducing. And yeah, that. It's a castle. Yeah, it's a castle. You don't need yeah. a whole ass castle. Yeah, man. but like your wife died here. You need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that and can't be good for your mental health to go downstairs mm -mm. into the kitchen to make your coffee mm -mm. and be like, oh, I missed a spot. Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah. Well, he would go to bed at night and if he heard a noise, he'd like grab his gun right away. Yeah. His home had actually even been burglarized several more times after Deborah had been killed. Bro. Right? The kids tried so hard to get him to move. Also, it said, it was kind of sad, like, he kind of just let the house go. Like, yeah. he was not in a good mental state. I bet. And there were, like, bugs and stuff like that because he wasn't keeping up. And well, she also probably did the majority of, fucking like, Fucking preach. Probably. Work. Probably, but still, like, it, it was obviously there was some, like, mentally he was just fucking checked out and yeah. pissed and over and traumatized, right? Yeah. Well, and he has to learn how to do everything. Oh, God. Like, not even just to his... learn how to relive your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna, he, like, he has to learn how to clean the kitchen because she probably did that because he worked, you well, know? Well, and he's going to fucking court every goddamn day dealing with Adam's ass. He doesn't have that time. Bullshitting around. So one day, mid-October 2018, so now it's over a year after Deborah had passed away, one of the children get a call while they're at work from one of the people that um michael had started a victim's advocate program mm -hmm. and i guess there were some like plans over the weekends to have some parties or i don't know if there were parties or groups to get together to chat some events mm -hmm. and michael hadn't showed up for them so this person called one of his kids and was like hey can you go check on michael i haven't heard from him in a while oh my god so she drives over to check on him and when she walks in she finds him laying on the couch dead why he was literally feet away from where deborah had been murdered oh. his official cause of death was quote broken heart syndrome 
or stress-induced cardiomyopathy. The family blames the restorative justice process for the reason that their dad died. Like, it added so much extra stress on him. And it was right after Adam refused to, like, talk to them and shit. Like, a couple, I think it was, like, two months later or something that he had actually passed away. Like, from Adam refusing. Yeah. All that. That um, he had passed away. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Yeah. The family's fucking pissed. Like, you took my mom. You took my dad. And I have no justice. Like, this is a bunch of fucking bullshit. We were not represented. Also, P.S., the way you gave us information was horrific to be like, hey, by the way, she was brutally murdered, so we can go after the death penalty. High five. They're like, what the fuck? Like, none of this was done right. Also, they were pissed about, like, well, at least one of the family members was pissed. Like, does the judge even know that I've been there for every fucking hearing? Like, you don't get any voice in this, and you're the victim. Like, that was my mom, and you just kind of have to follow what people tell you to do. Like, you don't get any insider scoop and insider information. You're finding yeah. shit out in court also. like That's fucked up. Super fucked up. And like I said, in reflection, the prosecutor was like, well, we kind of did some bad things back there. Like, maybe we should have coached people better and set people up for success like in the questioning and everything like that also it should be noted that two days after their father died the children went back to go like clean up the house and pack up the stuff and like you know do what you got to do when your family passes away Mm -hmm. and when they get there they discover the house had fucking been broken into again and somebody had stolen all of the tvs they had stolen their grandmother's jewelry and michael's briefcase randomly enough That's so sad. There was some speculation wondering if Michael had actually been murdered somehow, but there's no solid evidence to go off of this and really nothing online to suggest that the family is like, you know, opening a homicide investigation or anything. So I think that's just kind of speculation, like, on on the children's part. They're like, what the fuck? Like, did somebody kill my dad now? Yeah, and I guess you don't fucking really know, but yeah. it doesn't sound like they're actively pursuing that. On the day of Michael's funeral, someone tried to cash a stolen check from Michael's briefcase. Jesus, man. But the police were able to catch the woman cashing the check. But just, like, can you talk about, like, being re-traumatized, 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 these poor fucking kids. And from what I can tell, the family was totally normal and nice. Like, it wasn't like they were the psycho churchgoers that you're like, oh, also, he fucking diddled kids in the closet. It was nothing. Like, they were yeah. genuinely good people. They gave back to their community. Even when the community was being total shit, they were like, well, I don't want to feed into any fucking stereotypes. Like, I don't believe that. I love living here. I think it's just bad people and like the city isn't help there's no police you know patrolling the fucking streets they yeah, just let it go they're not shit. treating it like a quote-unquote good neighborhood no because it was a quote black neighborhood so they were like well you just don't go over there we're just that's, so fucked up that's super fucked up yeah which we all know about and we're all aware of and we're two white chicks preaching it but yeah, i know right it's just fucking crazy man That sucks. Also, it sounds like a lot of people around there, maybe, like I was saying, that's just what you grew up in. That's like how you survived. Like, I steal shit so that I can pay for my kids to eat. Yeah. Which isn't right by any means. But like, holy fucking shit. God damn. It's sad. I don't like that. That's really sad. Makes it feel like the house is like cursed. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. It is now. I wonder if anybody lives there now. In the castle? Nobody wants to be that target. It's like a hacienda. In that hacienda? Yeah. In that gazebo? It didn't look like a castle to me. I mean, I'll look at it. I'll let you know. Okay, you let me know. Everybody's castle is different. It looks just like a house. Like, I didn't see the whole neighborhood, though. Maybe every other house is like a shack. Yeah. like, Jesus, that's a castle. Yeah, maybe. I don't even think it had a second floor. (laughs) What's a castle without a second story? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) 
that's what I'm saying. It's just a wide castle. Yeah, but also I've lived in like a trailer park before where like the new trailer that is brought in is like the castle. You yeah. know, where it's like that one's got a fucking front porch. Yeah, whoa. That's a castle. With, like bay windows. Ooh, baby. Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> hey guys, if you want to check out pictures pertaining to this case, go to isgdpodcast.com. And while you're there, please also sign up for our Patreon. Ooh, 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 ooh. It's as little as a dollar a month. A dollar. You get extra, one extra episode, and you get access to all the back episodes, which is at least a 500 million extra hours right now. I and think then it's it up to that, at yeah, least. Yeah, at least. And then if you pay $10 a month, you get all of the video, all the raw video content of every fucking episode that we ever record. And you get all the back access to that shit. So much extra content, so much extra tangents, so much extra inside jokes. Ooh. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Be our best. So, yeah, come join us. You're supporting your favorite fucking podcast. We're literally using this money from Patreon to give back in all of the Operation Moonblood. And we're using it to pay for, hopefully, CrimeCon, which mm-hmm. is like almost a fucking thousand dollars. Yeah, that shit's crazy. It's insane. Okay, anyway, so uh, long story short, we're not just putting the shit in our pocket and walking away. That would be nice, but we keep reinvesting it in other things, which is what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah. Or something. Fucking, yeah, whatever those words are. (laughs) So it's not like we're sitting on some high horse over here and we're like, well, this is so great. We literally give it back to you guys or put it in the podcast or whatever. This is our podcast together. Come help support us. Yeah. And by that, when I say our, I don't mean me and Aaron. I mean you guys, too. You guys are our fucking besties. And you better know that you're our besties. So I hope you're having a wonderful day, bestie. Ditto. Okay. And then also, uh, (laughs) while you're there, go check out our merch. And dice. At this point, I'm keeping all the options up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Critty will be fixing that soon. (laughs) Oh, God. I can only hope. Okay. So what else can they do? They can email us at ishdpodcast at Mm gmail.com. We're Mm going to be figuring out Operation Moonblood. I have to go through some emails. Hopefully by the time this airs, which is like in a day and a half, I'll have some shit figured out. Maybe not. But we we see you all. We hear you all. We'll be in touch. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. We Mm -hmm. have not forgotten. I'm so excited for the Elfster Santa giveaway. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We drew names, got paired up. So what else can they do? Snail mail us? No, join us on. Before you do all that, come join us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. At ISGD Podcast. Mm -hmm. Come join the goddamn pod group on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. We all fucking hang out and shoot the shit. Hell yeah. Go, Aaron. And also, you can snail mail us at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it, folks. We hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Check out the show notes for details on where to find out more about today's feature. In the meantime, where can the people find us, Beth? Our website is fruitloopspod.com, and we use Fruit Loops Pod for all of our social media. Join our discussion group on Facebook at Fruit Loops Pod Discussion. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash App. Just Google Fruit Loops Pod Cash App, or you can become a monthly patron through Patreon. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help. And as always, we have merch for sale on our website. Oh, yes. And our phone number is 602-935-6294. This is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there.
introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.